Hi there and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Be seated before y'all tear the roof off this place. Y'all must can't believe in God. Something's going to happen. Do y'all love our praise and worship team at all? Do they do okay? Also, you never see them. But, but our media team, and if you're, if you're tech savvy at all, you can stop by the tent and get some more information about it if you'd like to serve there. But our media team, they're, they're the ones behind the cameras, they're behind the sound booth, they're behind those computers, and you wouldn't know it, but there's a whole herd of them in, another, in a secret room, praise the Lord. Can y'all just give a big hand to them? They do such a great job. Thank you guys for what you do. It means the world. And if you're wearing a Texans jersey, you're off the team just as a... Heads up, we're almost ready. Bro, we've got matching jerseys, bro. That's what's up. Yeah, we them boys. So, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and Tom Brady's going to do it again, just so y'all, just so y'all know. I feel like I feel like the church needs like a purging. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like a supernatural just... Like the... One point, one point, the Bible says the earth opened up and just consumed. And I don't know if we could just maybe... Like right... No, I'm just kidding. Come on, open your Bible to Hebrews 11. I don't want to preach long, but I want to help you. I really do. I want to give you four keys today on how to receive from heaven... We need heaven involved in our life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. By faith the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. I don't have to have all the answers I understand by faith. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Your translation might say it differently. One says it this way. So that the invisible, excuse me, so that the visible has its origin in the invisible. So that what we see has its origin in what we cannot see. So for the sake of illustration, I mentioned this last week. Let's say that this side of the platform is the unseen world. This side of the platform is the seen world or the visible world. This is where all of your problems are. It's also where a lot of good things are. It's where you see your children, your wife, your husband. It's where you see your family, your friends. It's where you see your dreams coming to pass. And the natural is where you see it begin to take place. This would be what we would call the seen world. The scripture makes it emphatically clear that by faith we understand that the seen world over there gets its origin in the unseen world. In other words, what we see starts where we cannot see it. Somebody say amen. 
think about a, an architect. Think, think about maybe designing the Golden Gate Bridge, that beautiful bridge over on the West Coast where literally it's, it's, it's suspended from cables and it just it's architecturally beautiful. The reality is the architect did not begin with a pen and paper or a pencil and paper. The architect did not begin with a clay mold or any other type of form. It all began in the mind of the architect. In other words, the seen world had its origin in the unseen world. That's how you know you're in the likeness and image of God because the Bible says that our blessings, everything that we see, has its origin in the unseen world. So when you can't see it, it doesn't mean that it's not coming. It just means you can't see it yet. It's still in its origin stage. I remember when, when Crystal and I, every time, we've had three uh, wonderful children, they're all great, but I remember every time she realized that she was pregnant, instantaneously things began to change. She began to walk different. She began to, to hold her, 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 her midsection different. She wouldn't just walk past a buggy in the, shopping, in, in, the, in the grocery store anymore. It was she would have her hand on her stomach and she would be walking around and she would be making sure and then she would even sit different and you'd look and she'd be adjusting the seatbelt in the car. She'd be putting it in different places and, and she'd be sitting different and walking different and everything was revolving around what she could not see see but what she knew was going to one day make its way into the seen world she began protecting what she could not see knowing it was going to make it where she could see eventually there's something that happens when a believer begins to look at the unseen world and say, I can't see everything. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm not focusing on what I can see more than I'm focusing on what I cannot see because I know what I'm believing God for has its origin in the invisible and it will make its way where I can see it if I faint not. Number one, if you're taking notes, it's on the way. Somebody say, it's on the way. You got to, let me, let me just tell you something. That's your new life's attitude. If you, if you are looking for a way to believe God and how to stand in faith, you've got to get the it's on the way attitude. I don't know when it's going to get here. I just know it's on the way. I, now, you can be frustrated when you order something from Amazon and, it, and, it's on, and, you know, and it's not there yet, but you start to feel a little bit better when you get a tracking number. Because as soon as you get a tracking number, now you know it's on the way. You see, when God wrote his holy Bible, the reality of why he wrote it for me and you is so that we would forever and always understand that the blessings are on the way. Their origin is in the unseen, but that's not their final destination. Their final destination is right here where we are manifesting everything that God has promised. Because here's the situation. There is no sickness in heaven. Oh, somebody ought to say amen. amen. There's no disease in heaven. There's no tears in heaven. Let me tell you something else. The Bible says that there's no sunshine. Jesus is the light of that great city. Can I tell you what that means? There's no light bill in heaven. 
You're not going to go to your to your mailbox of one two three Glory Avenue, open it up and go, oh shucks, I got a propane bill this month. It's not going to happen. The Bible says you're going to spend eternity ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus. All your loved ones who love Jesus, they're going to be there. You're going to be walking on streets of gold. You're going to look at the beautiful sea of glass. None of you are going to be upset over anything. The Bible says you're going to have a great big old mansion. The only thing you're going to have to argue about is are we going to eat dinner at your mansion or my mansion? Praise the Lord. Because we don't need these blessings when we get there. We need these blessings coming from there to right here, right now. There's something that shifts when you begin to just live by the it's on the way attitude. Because when it's on the way, that can push you to the next level. That can push you to the next thought. That can push you to the next, to the next position. That can push you to endure. When you continue to believe that it's on the way. Come on, let's say that together. It's on the way. Turning your Bible real quickly to Mark chapter number 11, beginning in verse number 22. Mark 11, verse number 22. Number one, you got to know it's on the way. It's not, it's not slow. God's not slack. He's not weak. He's not, he's not unable to perform. Now the Bible says that Jesus and them, they were walking and he, he saw a fig tree and he wanted a fig to eat off of it and there was no fig there so he told the, the tree to wither and die and the next day they walked by or give or take the next day they walked by and Peter says, Master, behold the fig tree which you curse is withered away and Jesus, verse number 22, looks at them, rolls his eyes and says, have faith in God. They were shocked that what Jesus said was going to happen, happened. And Jesus' response was, have faith in God. You can live your entire life off of the thought, have faith in God. Don't let anything push you off of your confession of faith. Don't let anything move you off of the fact that God wants to bless you coming in and going out. Don't let anything shove you. And number two, Number one, it's on the way. Number two, this may be one of the most important keys that you can apply to your daily life. Number two, speak faith. Come on, let's say that together. Speak faith. We have to speak faith. Verse 23, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. Listen to this. He shall have whatsoever he says. Speak faith. I don't need to know what you're going to do if I've heard how you talk. I don't, need to, I don't even need a crystal ball to tell me how your life's going to end up if I've heard how you talk. If you speak faith in the valley you'll give God credit on the mountaintop. But if you doubt and speak doubt in the valley, you'll be repenting on the mountaintop. You see, the truth is God never leaves you and never forsakes you. So when a difficult time comes, you're going to make it to the other side. The only question is when you get to the other side, 
Will you have to spend time repenting for the times that you doubted in the valley? Or will you get to say, see, Lord, I knew you were going to do it. I told the devil you were going to do it. I told my grandma you were going to do it. I told everybody who would listen you were going to do it. And you did it. Now, Lord God, we're here at this glory. Take me to the next glory because I'm not going to doubt you in the next valley either. There's something that changes when you refuse to speak doubt and unbelief, doubt and fear, doubt and, oh, what if it doesn't happen? Well, here's the situation. If you refuse to say anything but faith, the Bible makes it abundantly clear, whatever you say, this is what you're going to have. So number one, it's on the way. Whatever you're believing God for, quit looking at what you can see so much that it begins to disrupt your faith and understand the fact that you can't see it is not uncommon in the body of Christ. It's actually completely normal because everything that we have from the kingdom of heaven comes from the unseen world and it's making its way here. Our job is before it gets here, we speak faith knowing we're going to have whatsoever we say. Amen? Give God a big hand of praise this morning. Number three. Number three. Commit to endure. Commit to endure. You've got to decide today you're not quitting tomorrow. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. You've got to decide today you're not quitting tomorrow. You've got to decide right now. I get, I, I get calls sometimes from friends of mine from my past, and, and, and a lot of them, they, they, they want to know. Before they start talking to me, they want to know, where are you at? So they say this. They say, you still into that Jesus stuff? Yes. I'm like, yeah, I'm still into that Jesus stuff. Cool, man. I need to talk to you. <laughs> in other words, why in the world would they need to talk to you if you don't have the answer? If you're living like them, why, do you, why does anybody think living like them is going to help get them out? Who in the world ever came up with that idea? I, I know it may have come from a, a genuine place, but you don't have to roll in the mud with the pigs to let the pigs out of the pen. You just go open the gate and stand on the clean ground and go, look how clean I am over here. Well, how'd you get so clean? Well, the blood of Jesus just washed me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Well, come on, get back in the mud. I'm not getting back in the mud. Well, he said that, that, that everything's lawful unto you. Yeah, but he said everything's not expedient for me, so I'm not getting back in that mud. I don't care if you like the mud. I'm going to be right here. When you get tired of living in mud and dealing with all the muddy stuff, you can walk through the exact same gate that I walked through, and then we can pursue God this way. But I don't have to get in the mud to prove that I love somebody who is muddy. There's something about living for God that changes your perspective, but you've got to commit to endure right now. That means when the devil knocks on your door with hell in a handbasket, he says, hey, I've got a fresh dose of hell in a handbasket. I'm here to deliver to you. You just say, you came to the wrong house. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper in the name of Jesus. We committed to endure regardless of the situation. My wife and I pray uh, almost constantly together and, and we're believing God for you and your family. We're constantly calling you out before the Lord. But we always say like this, God, if we gotta walk through something, praise the Lord. We're gonna walk through it. But we're not staying in it because we know that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. We've already committed to endure. You'll end up not having to fight the devil on things if he knows before he gets there, at least he's going to get a black eye if he shows up. Yeah. 
He'll start going to the next street. He'll start driving around in, in, his, in his Transylvania mobile and he'll be looking and he'll be going, well, who is this right here? And, he, and a little demon will be in the side seat and he'll be going, well, that right there, that's the, that's, the, that's the Martins right there. That's old Dave and Sally. Well, Dave and Sally, what are they like? Well, Dave and Sally, see, they're blessed coming in and blessed going out. They're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. And the devil goes, quit reading me about what they're blessed like. Tell me what their faith is like. Well, you can find them at New Heights Church on Sunday morning. You can find them at New Heights Church on Wednesday night. And if somebody gets sick, they're laying hands on them. They're believing God. They're crying in my pre- in the presence of the Lord. They're believing God. They're worshiping God. They're standing on the other side of the rock. And finally, the devil just jerks it back in the drive and says, let's go to the next street, boys. We ain't messing with the Martins today. Because there is something that shifts when he knows you've already committed. My favorite story in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was three guys. Here was the deal. There was a great big golden statue, a big demonic emblem, made to look like a guy named King Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was a rough, was a rough cob. But he, do, do people still say that, rough cob? He was a rough cob. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Even if you don't know what rough cob means. He was just a rough guy. And the Bible says he came up with this rule. He said, anytime somebody hears music, they have to bow and worship this golden statue of me. The problem is, if you're a believer in the Most High God, you don't bow to demonic statues. That means when you go get you some, 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 some good uh, international food, there's a big old fat golden guy sitting there with, with bald head. Don't walk by and bow, bow to Buddha. Praise the Lord. It's the exact same thing. We don't bow to anything other than the, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The difference is, and let me just say this, every single person before it's over at the mention of the name Jesus will confess he is Lord and they will bow their knee. The difference is those of us who choose to do it now, we do it gladly and we'll do it for all eternity. But those who choose not to will be forced to and they will spend eternity separated from God. But the Bible says that this big golden statue is there and these three guys and, and the Bible says they strike up the band. Nebuchadnezzar says, strike up the band. And everybody just, boom, hits their face. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are just standing there. And they said, they said, they said guys, you better bow. Everybody's on their face goes, you better bow. He said, we can't. So what do you mean you can't? You can bow. Just bow. It's not that big of a deal. He said, it might not be a big deal to you, but I serve the Almighty God. I'm not bowing to that. So they they said, bring him to me. And they bring him before Nebuchadnezzar, and they walk him right by this big furnace of fire, like a a huge oven, and it's, 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 it's probably stoked with wood and maybe some coal, and they're just getting it hotter and hotter. And they said, listen, this is real simple. If you will bow to me, you won't burn. And one of them looked back and said, you don't understand. We might burn temporarily, but it was, we might burn temporarily if we don't bow to you, but if we do bow to you, we will burn eternally. I would rather bat, burn a little bit than burn forever. Somebody say Amen. So the Bible says that they sit there and said, no, you don't understand. You're going to have, when you hear that music, you better bow your knee. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, here's why it's my favorite part. They said, listen, O king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Our God 
can deliver us and he will deliver us. But here's my favorite part. But if he does not, I don't bow to statues. What is the devil threatening you with? Going to heaven? The Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. When you begin to pursue God and you decide to commit to endure, trust me on this, you will have your furnace moment. You will have your moment when the devil will bring about something. Oh, you really won't bow? Well, let me just see if you'll really bow. The Bible says, of course, that they got thrown in the fire. Jesus showed up in the middle of the fire, untied all the ropes around them. They jumped out of the furnace, and, and the Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. Did you know if you commit to endure before it's over, you won't even smell like what you had to go through? Somebody, somebody might be going through something right now and said, you're going to make it, but you're going to be on medication the rest of your life. The devil is a liar. No, God's able to heal you. He's able to heal you where you don't have to have $8,000 worth of medication a month. Our job is to simply believe and then commit to endure. So number one, we have to understand the answer is on the way. Number two, we got to speak faith. Number three, we have to commit to endure. Galatians 6 and 9 says this. Don't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, somebody say due season. In due season, you'll reap, comma, if we faint not. You have to commit to endure knowing Endurance in God does not eliminate you from going through things. It just guarantees you will get the victory on the other side. I coach my little boy's basketball team. I think I may have mentioned this before. We're 4-0, and by the way. One of them, uh, one of the dads stopped me after our game yesterday in the parking lot, and he said, what did you do to make your son play so hard? I said, well, I said, I don't think I really did anything. I said, but for us, it's okay if somebody gets the better of them. It's not okay if they get outworked. Meaning, committed, being committed to endure is more important than the outcome. Because if it's all outcome-based, we have more questions than we have answers. What I mean by that is this. Why did so-and-so have to go to heaven early? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? The world is filled with whys, and God answered it with one. Jesus on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, the Father figuratively and literally turned his back on his son as his son took the weight, the burden of sin on his shoulders and was forsaken for a moment in time. And that moment of him being forsaken is what paid the price that says you and I will never be forsaken. You see, if we try to delve too deep on a constant basis into the secret things of God, we miss the things that are readily available. And the Bible says the secret things belong 
to him. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, let me just say it differently. Did you tell your children every single thing when they were little and couldn't understand? We're all on the same path. We're just on a different route. Christians are all on the same path to heaven. We're all in a different place on it. So there are things that God, that God knows that are locked in time. And whenever the time is right, he'll release that information into your spirit, into who you are. But you've got to get to the place, we've got to get to the place where we're committed to endure whatever the cost. If it means I go in the furnace, fire it up. If it means I sleep in a den full of lions, God will either shut the mouths of the lions or I'm going to spend tonight in heaven's wonderful atmosphere. If it means you're going up against a walled city that cannot be defeated by man's hands, that means you're going to shout and the walls are going to fall down or you're going to shout and they're not going to fall down. But at the end of the day, you've already committed to endure. It's not just outcome-based. It's the fact that the eternal outcomes outweigh the temporary outcomes. Let me read just a few more verses. I feel like this is getting really heavy all of a sudden. 2 Corinthians 4. Just for a moment, can you close your eyes and lift your hands? Lord, we're almost finished with this service. But I know you're not finished with us. Would you show yourself strong now in the hearts of your people? Would you speak to each one of us today as we, we're all enduring different things? Maybe we felt forgotten at times or left out. But even as we're enduring now and we make a fresh commitment to endure even in the difficult times you remind us that you're right near and you would never ever leave us and you would never forsake us Second Corinthians 4 and 15. All these things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish the inward man is renewed. Somebody say renewed. God's renewing you right now, day by day. The Apostle Paul wrote this, and the Apostle Paul endured things that no human should ever have to endure. He was beaten, he was stoned, he was left for dead, ridiculed, persecuted. In verse 17 he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding 
and eternal weight of glory. In other words, the glory of what God has prepared for us outshines any obstacle, hardship, and temporary valley that we must endure. Verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things that are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Number four, you got to stay focused. Somebody say focus. You can walk outside after service and the sun lights up the entire atmosphere. It's the most powerful force in the natural that we ex experience on a daily basis. Yet we're able to endure it because it's not focused so tightly and firmly on us individually that it consumes us. Think about a little boy. All he needs is a magnifying glass and he can destroy an ant bed. And it's the same sunlight. It's just focused. You can take a flashlight and shine it in somebody's eyes like this happens to me every service. All of us up here, we're just squinting all day. Praise the Lord. And it might make them blink. But they don't go blind. But you can take the right laser Shine it in somebody's eyes and they can be blind like that. And the only difference between a laser and the light that I'm under right now is how focused it is. You can take a laser and cut through hardened steel because it is focused. You see, if you're going to receive from heaven, number one, you got to know it's on the way. And that's got to be, that's got to be every fiber of who you are that has to be your confession number two you got to speak faith you got to speak faith in every situation I didn't say it's going to look like you can I didn't say it's going to look like you should I'm saying you'll have whatever you say so if you th this is the test when you get done praying if you can say that's exactly how I would like it to be then that's a good prayer but if you can't, that's not a prayer in faith. Because we will have whatever we say. Number three, you have to commit to endure. And I mean right now. Hebrews 11 and 1, the foundation of, of faith by definition for you and me. Now faith is. Now, now, now. Right faith is right this second. Wait, you're not going to start having faith tomorrow. The devil is a liar. You start having faith right now. And you make a fresh commitment. You say, no, I'm going to live by faith. I'm committed to endure. God, I know you're going to do it. I can, I, you're strong enough. You're able. But even if I have to endure something, I'm not quitting. Let somebody else quit. I don't want anybody else to quit, but let them quit. I'm not giving up on my family. I'm not giving up on my friend. I'm not giving up on my church. I'm not giving up on this city. I'm not giving up on this state. I'm not giving up on this nation. And bless God, I'm not giving up on the seven billion souls that need the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You get committed down in your bones. Let me tell you, and all, it's not like you don't have to endure some stuff. You just don't have to endure all that little stuff anymore. 
Because when the devil realizes it doesn't mess with you, let me tell you what he does. He just flees. He just goes somewhere else. You resist the enemy and he will flee. Before you know it, you can't even remember what you and your spouse used to argue about. Because you decided I'm not arguing. I'm just going to, every time I have the opportunity, I'm going to agree. And I value peace more than I value being, I value peace more than I value somebody else thinking I'm right. You're committed to endure. You're the blood-bought. You're the saved. You're the redeemed. You cannot be defeated, and you are committed to endure. You're committed to endure. Committed to. My dad used to say this kind of stuff. We'd be, we'd be playing a, a, our sports. I say it. I say it to the boys now. We had our game yesterday. I get them in the, in the thing. We're up like 20, 20 points, 20, 25 points at halftime. I tell them the same thing. I said, guys, whoa. If you want to win this game, you're going to have to up the intensity. They're like, we're up 25 points. I said, we should be up 50. <laughs> because a commitment to endure produces the results you want anyway. But if you're wishy-washy, if you're lukewarm, you know, if, you're, if you haven't made a decision, what happens is your circumstances begin to help you make a decision. You can't trust your flesh. You can't trust your flesh because your flesh is focused on what you can see. So for us, we just commit to endure. Come on, let's say that together. Commit to endure. Let's all stand to our feet. Lastly, you got to focus. Just stay focused. If you've never been to church on a Wednesday night, move your schedule around and get here this Wednesday. There is something about focusing on the things of God that changes everything about your life. Amen? Amen. Bow your head, close your eyes, please. If you're here today and you're not right with God, you're not living right, you're not doing right, Jesus is not Lord of your life. Or maybe you'd say it differently. You'd say, I used to walk strong with Him, but I backslidden. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. And with an uplifted hand, you're just saying, oh God, remember me. And He really will. Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. He wants to help you live by faith. He wants you to receive all the good things that He has for you as well including eternal life. So if that's you and you've never said yes to Jesus or something happened and you stepped away from him, when I count to three, lift your hand. One, two, three, lift it tall and bold. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. You're never too young. You're never too young. Oh, you're never too old either. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? We're about to pray. I don't want you to miss this. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, pray this prayer after me. Church, help us pray. Say this. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, Maybe the first time in a long time, I commend you. Be in the house of God as often as you can. Fill that card out. Drop it by the tent. Let us know you made that decision today. Also, if you're here today and you've never joined our great church, let me tell you why we exist. Church, help me say it. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. That's our whole motivation. If you can get behind that, we'd love for you to get behind the vision. It's important for you because the Bible says those that are planted 
in the house of God, in the house of the Lord, will flourish in God's courts. It's our dream that your dream comes to pass. So if that's you and you've never joined this church, grab that same card out of the chair in front of you. Even if you filled it out a hundred times, fill it out once more. Mark on there you'd like to be a member. Drop it by the tent and we'll get you all the information related to being a member of this great work, of this great church. Amen. Give God another big hand of praise this morning. Lord, bless your people coming in and going out. Bless them in the city and bless them in the field. Let this be the week, Lord God, when we continue to realize that the answer is on the way, that we only speak faith, that we commit to endure, and we stay focused even in the hard times. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.